Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Ham Present. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Ham Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. In 1989, Richard DeLisi was sentenced to a 98-year prison term for trafficking cannabis as a victim of America's scorched earth war on drugs campaign. Released from prison in December 2020, Richard was reunited with his family after spending 31 years incarcerated over a plant. I'm fortunate to have Richard and his nephew, Ken, with me today to tell us about their experiences, Richard's resilient nature, and what he's been up to since his release. Welcome, Richard and Ken, to Cannabis Radio. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Great to be with you guys. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's great to have an opportunity to talk to you both again, man. Uh, Richard, you received you know, 90 plus years in prison on a RICO case, a reverse sting entrapment operation using an informant against you. Can you give us a little background on how, how all of that came down? How did you end up with a 93 year prison sentence? Actually 98 years. And I did 32 calendars in a maximum security prison. Um, I was never minimum custody or medium custody. They always kept me as close, you know, and um you know, my son and my, my nephew, Kenneth, which is like my son also, they uh, started a campaign for um, freedelisi.com. And um, after like 17 years of trying and trying, um, the last prisoners project got a hold of it. And once the uh, media got a hold of it, that, that was it. Uh, like five weeks later, I was home. And I would have still been in there right now if it wasn't for that guy that's on the end of the phone with us and my son. What else could I say about that? Um, what happened was one of my friends uh, had did me dirty, right? He had stole something from me. And when I was trying to get it back, um, that's how he set me up. You know? Yeah. Uh, this guy's name was Jim White and his wife was Shelly White. And they lived... Um, in a place called the Naked Lady Ranch. It's a flying community in Martin County, Florida. They um, they were just, that was their thing to turn people in, you know, and set them up and, and hit, hit, the, hit, hit the government and the state for, you know, charge them for doing it. And then actually swindle the people that they were getting locked up out of money also, you know? Right. You know, I've, so, uh, I've, I've, I've seen murderers get 12 years in prison. Uh, I mean, and you got 98 years in prison. I mean, that's that's insane. You, you were released at the height of the pandemic. That must have been a weird time to reenter society after, you know, decades of incarceration. Man, what was it like for you coming out? You know, I had I had just survived COVID in there. You know, I, I was so sick inside from COVID. And then... Um, all this stuff happened so fast that when I came, I wasn't even realizing what what was really happening on the street till I got here. And I said, "You got to be kidding me! I'm going from that to this." <laughs> you know, 
what do I got to do to get, you know, home? You know what I mean? You went from lockdown outside to a lockdown inside or, or lockdown inside to lockdown outside. Richard, I mean, you, you, you're denied clemency several times, despite your accomplishments and, and your, your personal growth inside. You even had letters from prison staff vouching for your behavior, some describing you as the ideal inmate. What was all that like for you being denied clemency after being incarcerated over, over a plant that must have been nerve wracking for, for you and your family? Well, the warden at uh, South Bay, when he when he finally realized what I was really in there for, he called me down to his office. He said, I, I can't believe they have you in here for this. This is the warden, you know, the main guy that runs the whole prison. And I said, yeah, I can't believe it either, but it doesn't look like I'm going anywhere anytime soon. And uh, not too, not too much, you know, like maybe a year after that is when stuff started happening, you know. Were you, were you treated? Go ahead. But I mean, Kenneth and, and Richard had been doing it for already 17 or 18 years trying to get me out. Every day they were doing something. You know, every day I would hear something different. And I, you know, it, it got to the point where I was, just saying to myself, man, I ain't getting out of this place. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's um, it's hard to even really uh, kind of capture the, you know, in any way to to describe that kind of feeling of hope and then busted hope and then <clears throat> just kind of feeling like the system is just hell bent, you know, against us and um, kind of the movement. It, it definitely, you know, I'll speak for Rick as well, my brother, cousin, um, just kind of devastating. You know, to answer that question more specifically, just kind of devastating that, you know, I think more so, you know, it's kind of like really hard not to give up. That That's really what, what it, it, it kind of like every blow against like any kind of release or anything was like a blow um, uh, against like the hope of, 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 of something changing for us, you know, that, that kind of thing. Right, right. What kind of efforts did you do to advocate? Yeah, I mean, you know, everything from, you know, hiring attorneys and uh, filing. Uh, Uncle Rick was always, if he, if he had one motion denied, he would file another motion. I mean, um, we, we started with, you know, the traditional paths that you, you would know, like filing petitions and, you know, getting awareness. And then really it was, uh, well, obviously we're always doing this. And, and Rick, <coughs> Richard's son, you know, and myself, we, uh, we, 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 we actually got turned on to the George Young story. And it was kind of like, um, like a real eye-opening that something more needed to be done because by the time we had read that book and then subsequent watch that, you know, kind of Hollywood hit movie, we realized that the guy that like notably responsible for all of this drug cartel violence and like it says it in the, in, the, in, the, in the beginning of the book, if you or your parents snorted cocaine from this year to this year, a period of, a de- you know, two decades, that 90% chance it came from us. And then I kind of learning more about that side of the world and knowing how we grew up and um, kind of like we just started at that point to be like really overwhelmed that that gentleman was out of jail already, you know, not saying that, that you know, whatever justice served for everybody differently, but it really for us was like a shock because that started to let me and Rick like really peel back the layers of this case and realize, start to realize, you know, after looking at pages and pages of kind of, you know, um, 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 case cases, you know, just like all the, all the documentation and the entire case, it's how many pages is it Uncle Rick? I'm sorry, thousands of pages. How many pages is the whole case? It's thousands of pages. It's ridiculous. Oh, you know? that, that's uh, over seven thousand pages with the case. Yeah, so, so when you really realize how much <clears throat> they've done for, it, and then we realize, you know, going through all the details of it, how like 
really petty it was in the grand scheme of things. We started, we needed to get the movement out there more than just these following the legal system. That's when we started with like the Facebook stuff and early with the Instagram and we've been through so many accounts and stuff shut down, you know, how that goes with what we're trying to get up, get out there. And then it was really like Rick dedicated his life to cannabis. Um, and he was living in Amsterdam for, for 28 years. He just came recently back to Hawaii and I kind of dedicated my life to um, like communications and s- security and law, law enforcement technologies in a weird, ideal way. I moved to Florida and basically anytime we got a stage, either on one side of the fence or the other, it was like, hey, let me tell you about my dad. Let me tell you about this injustice. Like anytime we saw any kind of sentencing that was, you know, like you just mentioned, someone gets, you know, five years for, for, for a vehicular um, uh, uh, homicide and, and, and it's crazy shit. You know, the sentencing out of control, we would use that to try to push buttons and just always get this story in front of people's faces, which is, you know, the advice that we give to everybody. Like, number one, you have to have people on the outside that don't give up to make sure the person on the inside kind of doesn't give up. But I mean, Uncle Rick will tell you there's been times that we all had to give up, you know, for sure. Right. Just right. Of life, you know, life is moving fast, you know, it's all it. It's such a drain on you. You know, it's, it, it's such a drain on the, on the household or the families that are involved with inmates, you know, um, especially when they know that after something that they're selling on the street now, you know, right. it, it really, just can't believe that their their loved ones are still in prison for it, you know? Right. It's a long, long answer to that question. So hopefully you understand why. So great, great. We're, we're, we're just about, we're just about to go to break, but you, you must've left good guys behind in there that, that you met that became friends with. How was that on you? Oh, that was, that was kind of a rough deal. Uh, two of my friends that I was in there with, uh, one that saved my life a couple of times, he came home after me. I, he, he was supposed to come home before me, you know? And right. he came home just about what? A, I guess he's home about a year now, right, Kenneth? Sean? Yeah, probably a bit long. Yeah, about, about, about a year, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. A miracle. Like his best friend is out here now living, you know, hundred less than 100 miles from him, you know? Wow. Yeah, and, 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 you know, he keeps in touch. He's over at my house all the time, you know? But there, uh, there is... Um, uh, I keep in touch with the people inside. Uh, the chaplain down at South Bay Correctional okay. wants me and John to keep coming out to the prison, you know? That's great. We we, we got to go to a break, but I, I want to hold that thought because I want to talk about your mentoring uh, after we go to break of people inside. You did a lot of great work in there. We're going to take a quick break and come back with uh, Richard and Ken. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're back on Hit Present. Richard, you turned the experience of being incarcerated into something kind of positive by mentoring others inside 
while you were serving your time and you had a, you know, a major impact on, on other people that were incarcerated. Can you talk about that? Well, I, I got involved with the chapel service and I got involved with the educational service in, in prison, you know, just just to get out of my cell in the beginning. But I seen how much the, the inmates appreciated it. So I kept I kept at it and at it. And I wound up getting more and more classes and more. At one time I had like seven, um, seven classes in the chapel a week. And plus I had to work at the education for half the day also, you know, educating, like, um, talking to gang members and, uh, trying to get them to change their lives. And, uh, matter of fact, there's a couple of them that are still in touch with me that went home that gave up the gangs and they went home and they, you know, got married and had children and, you know, all kinds of great things happened from people that I was with, you know, that's remarkable. And, uh, it's really, it's really an unbelievable thing that I can actually pick up the phone and call someone that I was inside with, that they, they talk to me like I'm their dad, you know? We know there's and, not a lot of know, rehabilitation. There's not I, a lot of rehabilitation. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I'm probably the dad that, that they never actually came in contact with, you know? Right. I, I was just going to say that so there's, 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 there's not a lot of re rehabilitation in prison, and it seems like you were kind of filling that hole for these people. Exactly. I was trying to rehabilitate young kids, you know, the people that were older were already, you know, like, I mean, I, I helped a couple of older guys, but they were mostly young, young, you know, young, like, like my children, you know, you know, so, it, so it kind of, when I went in, I was 38. So, you know, um, my son was, my son was, you know, a young kid. So when I seen these kids, 16, 17, 18 years old, gang members, I was like, you got to be kidding me, you know? Right. And um, I got what I got with like, uh, you know, the, 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 the higher ups in the gangs. Right. And they asked me to help them with with their trouble, their trouble, their troubles and uh, gang members, you know? Right. So they didn't have to hurt them or anything like that, you know? So I, I then I get to do that. I used to set up appointments in the chapel where they would come and sit in the office with me and I would talk to them, you know? Right. Well, that's and really, tell them if really... you're right, you're going to be in big trouble, you know? Right. And uh, they, 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 they respected me so much for that. You have no idea how these people, you know, how all these kids and, and, and um, uh, prison people that work there, right? I mean... I had the warden writing letters. I had the sergeants, lieutenants, captains. Everybody was writing to the parole board and the clemency board to try to get me out. Mm -hmm. And uh, some work. They just, uh, someone had it out for me. And that was the end of that, you know? Right. Your, your, your incarceration yeah. must have also taken a toll on, on your family. I mean, I know how hard it was on you. I had your daughter, Ashley, on the show, actually while you were incarcerated and she told me that she had rarely seen you in her entire life outside of prison at the time. Um, what, what was the experience like for you, Ken and, and other members of your family? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I know we got uh, limited time to answer that one, but anybody that's going through this now, I mean, it's, 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 it's just it's incredibly uh, tough. You know, there's two sides of it. One is like, there was, you know, we went through a period of stigmatism, which still exists today, unfortunately for, for cannabis usage in general. Like, so at one side of it, like even internally in the family, we have parts of the family 
that maybe didn't agree with that back then that kind of turned on us as being kind of the offspring of that situation. And that was difficult alone. Um, you know, I went to, just to kind of put it quickly, I, I went to 19 schools before I ended up completing high school, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I afforded myself the chance to do a little bit of betterment in education. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Rick, a little bit younger than me, he didn't even get a chance to go to high school. So, you know, from from that perspective, just the impact that this has is just like um, you can't even really describe it. It's um, it just changes your life forever. You know, um, um, I often, you know, we, we would often kind of, you know, kind of try to think that we were the ones being punished for it like a lot of the times you know like it was very very confusing as a child and then as you get older you know watching the industry mature that was a whole nother side of it right and then you know like i said i dedicated a big part of my life and started paying attention to politics and just you know things in general that that were going on in society and realized how you know quickly people were getting dished in and out of jail like for for things that were far much greater you know sins you know you know kind of mortal sin type thing so it's just, you know, very difficult, disruptive, um, incredibly expensive and, and time consuming. And, you know, I would say the two biggest things really would be, you know, not to give up yourself. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately, I apologize to Uncle Rick all the time for this now. We, we would we would we would give up for periods of time and just kind of to go into block modes. And then other people would also give up on us, like, you know, different relationships that just people weren't OK with the fact that. You know, in the eyes of the, the 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 guard that was at hand at that point, you know, we were drug kickpins. You know, like there was like that stigmatism thing, and then, right. you know, it's pretty rough to not have the same friends all the time and move around and and all that, and then you know lose hope of your of your dad. And I was, yeah, it's just real difficult, real difficult, you know, and unfortunate. And you know, right now, what do we estimate, Uncle Rick? If there's fifty thousand people incarcerated for nonviolent cannabis, there's a couple million people that I that I just described out there. Um, dealing yeah. with this on a daily basis, you know. Thousand wow. in the state, you know, and, in state prisons. And, and, you know, not and, to mention other eighteen thousand in the feds. Richard, what was it while while you were in prison? Cannabis started to become legalized, and there were people making money selling cannabis legally for th- for for the exact same thing that you were in prison for. What was that like for you? That that was the flow, you know. That's when I started. That's when I started sitting down and. I started saying to myself, what am I going to do when I go out now? Mm-hmm. You know, because I planned on out and going smuggling you know, when I got out. But now you didn't have to smuggle no more. It was right here. You know? And I entertained I, I that. And, um, and now I got my own company. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just add something to that if, if I can. I mean, it's definitely at first there was like from the outside, going back to the question you just asked, there was a resentment at first towards that, like maturing of the industry, particularly when it happened in Florida, um, you know, which was, you know, like, I'm glad it's here. It's like, obviously, that's where we exist now. But when the industry started forming in Florida, there was like a little bit of resentment for me, me and Rick. And, you know, one bit of advice I'll give to people, and I just gave the same bit of advice to uh, a gentleman right now that's serving 27 years in Fed and his family. Like, as soon as you drop, like, we, we drop the uh, the bitterness and we, we embrace the industry. And, you know, the industry really created that movement that allowed things to, to, to get forward. And I know, you know, as this industry starts to mature, it's always being attacked. And, you know, people are still looking at it. There's still big stigmatism we have to have to work towards. But, you know, it was definitely kind of bittersweet all the way through, even after we embraced it. Um, but we found that, you know, it was because of the industry, you know, and that kind of core percentage of people that come from where you come from, Vivian, and your background, like in this game, like for, before it wasn't, you know, anything legal, 
you know, there's still a, a very positive undercurrent in, in the industry, corporate chads, whatever you want to call them. There's still a lot of people that love this plant, right? And, and um, embracing that and just like not losing sight of that was, was has been hard over the years. But once we did embrace that, it certainly um, attached itself to the movement. And I think that there's, there's as much, you know, to contribute uh, to, you know, getting reunited as a family to that than anything, you know? Well, yeah, that's, I just have to say that your family is so impressive and, and the story is, is, is troubling, but it's also very inspiring. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, come back with our final segment, so don't go anywhere. We've got a lot of good stuff to cover. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. And we are back. Um, you, you, you have family. Your family's involved in the cannabis industry today uh, and in, involved in various projects. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we can both answer that. I mean, the 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 quick answer is absolutely. Yeah. Um, the short answer is, you know, our family has a a, a multi-decade uh, history in cannabis. I mean, I was a lot of people say me and Rick were born on a bale of weed, you know, in the back of a plane <laughs> somewhere. Um, but you know, having said that, Rick uh, Rick um, Richard's son has been actively involved in the cannabis industry in in Amsterdam and Holland, where it's maintained some some level of legality um, over the years through this whole thing. And then um, it has a rich attachment to cannabis and the development of um, uh, the legal markets in California to the Bay Area. And then, you know, we've kept the current, you know, the most, the biggest supporters for us throughout this industry. I don't want to shout them all out at once. has been the legacy operators and markets as the legal markets have matured. So we've kept the current attached to us within the culture always. And then, you know, Uncle Rick always being who, who he has been, you know, he's always smoked heavy still to this day. And. Uh, we do. We have a cannabis brand um, in Florida. Um, Delicioso is our is our is our our brand and um, our company, and um, it simply means delicious in many Latin and Italian languages and, and translations. Um, it's a twist on our last name, Delici, right? So, uh, but we have a contract in the state of Florida with uh, with a large MSO. We operate a global brand, and and at the core of it, it's activism, right? And and a lot of people ask us for a nonprofit. We're very much a, a profitable. Um, moving to be a profitable, we want profit. We want to kind of restore our family's wealth, and then at the same time um, um, teach other people and, and help other people that that to, to to do the same. And you know, we have different things that we're doing and mentoring and raising money and just constantly activating um, uh, our communities around. You know, not forgetting their people that are inside and just educating everybody we run into. Again, restoring our family's wealth through 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 the plant, and we have a contract with uh, Trulis um, uh, in Florida. Our product is available in 120 plus stores now. Wow. Uncle Rick sold his first pre-roll with his name on it April 20th last year. We're coming up on an anniversary this year in 23, so it's been a it's been a crazy roller coaster. And I'll just let Uncle Rick talk talk to it. But our product's called Flamingo Kush, is our strain. And the product is Delicioso. And, um, you know, you can see us around the, the world, like in, in different events, but our products are actually, our cannabis products are only available right now in Florida. Did you uh, ever think you'd be we, selling, you ever think you'd be selling legal weed when you're in prison? Not until about the last seven or eight months of my incarceration. <laughs> I started thinking. Yeah, to that point, Rick is, um, uh, well, shout out to Rick. He couldn't make it. He's actually in California right now, getting ready to be back on the East. But he has been in the cannabis industry for a decade and a half, his entire adult life. Um, his wife um, 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 also a retired, you know, uh, employee after 20 years, I believe, in, in the Bulldog organization in Amsterdam. So our family has a current in cannabis that, that dates back to, to, I mean, we grew up with it, and this is just what we know, you know. Oh, it dates back uh, 
50 years. Yeah. What, what, what final so thoughts, would, what final thoughts for time's running out? Uh, what final thoughts would you like to leave us with? I would just like everybody to think about them 40,000 people that are in prison, that their families are suffering without them being home. And there's, there's organizations like the last prisoners project that people can donate money to that, will help, grow. that yeah. will help get them out of, out of prison. Did Go you just it. say something, Kenneth? I said, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple good organizations out there. Last Prisoners Project is near and dear to our hearts. Shout out to Steve and, and, and Mary and the team. They really um, put our family back together, and, and a lot of people don't realize. So I try to give advice to everybody that buys whenever I interact. Like when you're, when you're out there freely consuming cannabis, which is amazing, um, just try to kind of keep that in the back of your mind, that there's not only all those people um, in jail, a lot of people are getting arrested still. Um, across the country in legal markets. It's it's really something that we got to continually advocate yeah. for, you know, the stigmatism, as you know, and then just, you know, yeah, the, 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 the if you have a family member incarcerated, um, reach out, you know, stay in touch with them. Um, like, you know, uh, the last prisoners project and freedom grow. I mean, yeah. all they do is dedicate their time and their efforts to getting people out of prison and making them a little bit comfortable while they're in there, you know? Yep. It's really it takes a lot. Yep. And it's a lot of resource. Yep. They might send a package to them or something, you know, like a, like an eating package or something, you know what I mean? There and they might send them telephone cards, you know? Well, I just want to thank you both. Uh, I, I, we got to go. Unfortunately, our time is running out, but I want to thank you both so much for being on the show and, and Richard, the strength and will that you displayed uh, in Oh, you're incarcerated. It's just inspirational. And uh, and uh, my hat's off to both of you, man. All right. Yeah, thank you, guys. yeah look us up. The We're on the rise. You got it. That concludes this yeah. installment of Hempresent on Canvas Radio. The Hempresent intro music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Ran. And the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stuckle Bush. See you next time. Stay strong. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.